Hello, I'm your host, Leonard Duncan. Welcome to a new episode of ATV Talk and Motorsports Podcast. Please join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We bring you interviews with industry professionals, live events, live news about the motorsports industry in every episode. Enjoy the show. Whether we are out riding with our friends and family or racing in extreme environments, we all need good tires. That's why I recommend GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Greenball Corp. Their products, which include XC Master, Mini Master, and Groundbuster 3, are what leading professionals in the ATV UTV industry are using. You can get your tires at greenballtires.com or find them on Instagram as GBC Tires for further inquiries. Are you looking for the best suspension technology for your sport ATV? Look no further than Elka Suspension, the industry leader in sport ATV suspension technology. With championship wins in prestigious events such as the Dakar Rally, Score, Best in the Desert, ATV MX, Cross Country, and Works, Elka Suspension has established itself as the go-to choice for athletes and enthusiasts alike. But they don't just stop at ATVs. They're constantly expanding into new markets, including UTVs, trucks, SUVs, pit bikes, snowmobiles, and more. Their commitment to innovation and quality means they're always looking to improve and adapt so you can enjoy a smooth ride wherever you go. Want to learn more about what Elka Suspension can do for you? Visit their website at elkasuspension.com or give them a call at 450-655-4855. They will always be happy to answer your questions and help you find the perfect suspension solution for your needs. Welcome to DBR Racing Products the leader in 3D modeling and innovations. Since 2015, they have been revolutionizing the industry, starting with their groundbreaking YFZ450R battery boxes. But they didn't stop there. They have continued to push the boundaries, constantly improving their design with each new version. In 2018, they introduced the game-changing Vortex EXO cage specifically designed to securely hold the Vortex ECU in a safe and sturdy location. This breakthrough innovation ensures your ECU stays protected even in the toughest racing conditions. At DBR, they understand that every detail matters. That's why they also offer an array of essential products to enhance your racing experience. Their spark plug hold downs keep your engine firing at peak performance while their LTR breather boxes ensure optimal ventilation for your machine. Their LT250 engine skid plates are a must have for those seeking unmatched protection. Engineered to shield your engine from impacts and rough terrain, they provide the ultimate defense for your ATV. But that's not all, they've developed ProPeg mounts that allow you to use TRX450R Nerf bars, giving you greater control and maneuverability on the track. To explore their full range of innovative products and learn more about DBR Racing, 
visit their website at www.dvratv.com. You can also reach them directly at 507-828-1233. Their knowledgeable team is ready to assist you with any questions or inquiries. DVR Racing Products, where innovation meets performance, unleash the power within you. Zach Decker, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you, brother? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, I'm my my pleasure, and thank you for taking the time. Um, let's just jump right into it. Gatorback wasn't the best experience. How are you, and how's your recovery coming? Um, I'm doing good. Um, as far as the wreck went, I'm doing pretty good. So, I mean, I could be a lot worse, I think. So for me to be able to walk and stand here and talk to you right now, I'm happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have uh, a little complication with my leg. It's called uh heterotopic ovification. I don't know if you've ever heard that. It's like the, the terms for it, but, um, so basically what happened is when I wrecked my, um, my leg went through the muscle instead of like piercing through the skin. So the muscle had a lot of trauma and, uh, from that it's actually growing bone there. Um, really? so it's, it's really weird. Uh, like actually like stand up and you can actually see this, this bump sticking out of my leg. It's kind of odd. So. What do they do about that? Uh, they have to wait a year uh, to remove it just because they can't do any of the recovering. So it can't, so the bone doesn't grow back until, you know, my f- actual femur grows fully, you know, back to normal and, and strong and stuff. So, wow, that's crazy stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, your recovery for the most part uh, with the bone growing back together and your stability seems to be good. Yeah, as far as the actual bone itself going back together, I mean, that that progress is going great, actually, better than uh, expected. And if it wasn't for this hump coming out of the side of my leg, I'd be doing uh, phenomenal right now. But um, this is kind of my only setback. But other than that, yeah, we're doing great. How's the – I got to ask this. How's the pain? Um. So like I said, if it wasn't for this hump out of my leg, I don't think I would have any pain. Uh, but I have, I have pain every day just because of this thing. It's like, it's like stretching my muscle right there. Cause where it's at is right on my like it band on the leg. Um, so it's kind of like in a weird spot that it really stretches out my muscle. And so in the mornings and stuff, it's, it's stiff and I can feel it, but uh, if I get to moving and walking around throughout the day, it gets a little bit better. What kind of physical therapy do they have you on? Um, I'm not sure what type of physical therapy they have me on, but uh, I know that they they hurt me. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, stretching, weights, anything like that? Uh, yeah, like they have me doing some like strength uh, work like they have me on the bike and and some lighter weights they actually do some cupping to that side uh, to try to stretch that muscle um it just like a lot of mobility stuff trying to get my you know mobility back and and all my muscles back to like it's normal um it's normal i guess 
have you been able to train the rest of your body while you've been down with your leg? Yep. So I've been doing, I'm, I'm at the track right now. I've actually been hitting, I hit the gym today, uh, still doing arms and core and chest and whatever I can do besides this leg. I'm actually trying to do some biking just so it comes back. You know what I mean? So it's not like I'm a right leg man. Understood. Understood. <clears throat> do you remember the whole incident at Gatorback? Yes, sir. No. Is that, does that give you flashbacks or any, any, mental hesitation uh it's actually like for the first week it did for the first week i would i would wake up like you know that when you wake up like falling like you fall asleep in the car and your head dozes off and you wake up falling uh yeah i I would i would do that for the first week i would literally wake up falling it was the weirdest scariest stuff ever but uh after after the first week went by and now like it's pretty much uh i mean i still think about it at times but it's kind of gone out of my head now like gone you know i'm not too worried about what happened or i feel like we got a good idea of what happened and and uh some yeah not really worried about it much anymore so it's a fixable situation that when you get back on the machine you're going to do everything your power and you and your team are going to do everything in your power to make sure it doesn't happen again absolutely absolutely yeah that's that's excellent to hear. <clears throat> I got a text message. I reached out to you, and I and obviously I couldn't get a hold of you, but I reached out to your dad, and you were in recovery when he answered me back, and he said that you were uh, awake and uh, seemed to be in good spirits. So I was happy to hear about that when I finally when I finally did hear what was going on. Um, so. I was, I was happy. I've tried to, I've tried to not reach out too much because there's probably a ton of people asking you questions every day. And I I don't want to be that guy. Uh, Well, thank you for reaching out. And uh, I I appreciate it, but I'm trying to get better at my text. And I got, I was better the last few, the last few weeks, right? There you go. I mean, gosh, we, I reached out to you what Friday or Saturday and here we are today. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Progress. Exactly. You know, um, let's talk a little bit about the beginning of the year. You know, you started off Daytona with a good ride. Um, and from there you can fill in the blanks for everybody. Yes. Daytona. Um, I mean, Daytona is Daytona. So like I came into Daytona, obviously, you know, expecting, I wanted expecting, I had a goal in my head. Um, that I wanted and uh, came up short of it, but I know that Daytona is kind of like the opening round, kind of getting your feet back in the water, seeing what every everyone's everyone's like and stuff. So um, after that, I was kind of I kind of saw my weaknesses. So um, I went back home and we had our our um, summer spring showdown race here at the track, and um, that kind of boosted my confidence a little bit. Um, getting second in that race it was a, it was a long race, thirty minute race, and um, I pulled out behind Joel and obviously Joel gapped us all, but, uh, for me riding the way I did and, and getting second in that race kind of like was an eye opener for me. I was like, okay, well I did it at my track. Yes, it's my track, but that doesn't mean I can't do it everywhere else. So that's kind of mindset I went into uh Gatorback with and, um, 
Gator Backman qualifying wasn't going that great. I remember that qualifying. I was like just upset with how I was uh, with, with my speed, but um, just and just line choice. But uh, that first moto, and that was just that's the highlight of like my entire racing career ever. Uh, coming out, I had a great hole shot. Um, never had really a great hole shot before in, in the pro class. So came out there and I was like, man, this is like, this is time. I'm in top three right now. I mean, if I, if I fade back now, it's on me. Like, I know I got to go back to the dang track and put in work. Like it's all on me. So, uh, so yeah, I was out there and I was riding with those guys. And, you know, for the first half of the moto, I was like, all right, when, when's Joel coming by? When, when am I like, when are we going to get past? Uh, but my pace was really comfortable. Uh, and that's what I was like, came off and I was super shocked with is just like not one time that first moto, I felt like I was pushing over my limit or over my head. I was super, super controlled and comfortable with that pace. Um, and yeah, I finished that moto in third, um, went towards that second moto. I gave her back, man. I, my head's at this point, it's like, I have so much confidence. Uh, it's like really the missing key to my program. I feel like to what I was missing on. And, um, yeah, it came into that second mode. I got a bad hole shot that mode, but I, I was coming in like rolling. So I was made a few quick passes. I think I made six passes in the first lap. And then, uh, I was like the second jump or third jump on the second lap, uh, was going up right next to Logan. I was actually like, we were going up that jump side by side. And I remember letting off the throttle to, to scrub that jump, to try to get on the ground harder than he would. You know, that was my whole goal is, all right, I'm going to get on the ground, you know, faster than Logan does try to make this pass right here. Um, but as soon as I let off the gas, the bike did opposite and literally just took off faster than that thing. I felt like ever went and just, you know, you probably saw in the video, it just went straight up in the air, like a, like, like, a ghost or something just pushed me up. Um, and yeah, just all I could do from there was kind of like, you know, prepare for, for a crash. I mean, I knew I was going to not make it to that landing. I knew I was going to, at that point I knew, I knew what was going to happen. Uh, so kind of just held the back brake all the way down until I landed. And as soon as I landed my, I mean, I just collapsed my leg, my head, everything just collapsed into the bike and I fell off. My leg was still attached to the thing and flipped over to the top of me. And then that's when, that's when all the goodness started. Uh, so you were, you were up there in the video, you were very high in the air. So you had time to think about it as it came down. Yeah. I, that was the craziest part too, is like, I had, it didn't, seemed like I had that long, but in my head, it was just all in slow motion. Like I was thinking about jumping off. I was thinking about just everything possible. Um, and you actually could probably see in the video that I almost jumped off and I decided not to. I'm glad I, I, I didn't jump off. I think it would have ended a little worse. Yeah. could have very, very could have because you were so high that the impact when you jump off would have been probably catastrophic as well. Yeah. And I was just worried about my, like my body hitting first and then my bike coming on top of me or something. I, I don't know. I'm glad that 
I think that what happened is the best outcome. So, well, that's the, your positive attitude is, is probably helping your fact that you're recovering so well is because you are so positive. Trying to be, I mean, you know, I can't get anything out of being negative. Right. So, Oh yeah. I mean, let, let's talk a little bit about Moto one and the fact that you are battling with guys that the year before you never really saw. Yeah. You're battling with Restrelli and Bryce Ford for the lead, basically, whether you thought Joel was coming or not. Hey, the, the you were in the hunt for the moto win. Yeah, I know. That's what was like super rewarding for me. Like, I mean, during the race, I was so, you know, focused on, I, I'm, I'm in third, like I can do this. I can do this. But after the race, you know, finished checkered flag went up. I was like the whole way back to my camper from the time I finished the track, I was like, Holy crap. I just did this. I just did that. Holy crap. Holy crap. And then it's like, it was just insane. So the coolest feeling never, like I had tears in my eyes. I know it was only one moto, but it was just a really cool one moto experience. So I, I'm uh, hoping that once I get recovered, I can get more of those and, and feel that feeling again. But it's uh, definitely something. So how much does that set you into fueling your recovery to get back out there to fight with those guys again? Man, that it fuels it. That's, that's my biggest fuel right now. I mean, after I got out of the hospital, I was just like, I couldn't even look at the track. I would cry because it would just hurt. It would hurt so bad. Like I was finally there. I felt like in my head and, and stuff and just got taken at my prime time. So that was the hardest. It's the hardest part, but it's honestly more fuel to my fire. So I'm excited to get back out there and try to try to you're live up to what I just ended on. You're still young. This is yep. your second pro season, right? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, some of those guys, look at Chad. Look how long he's been a pro. Right. So you, you, you have a super long career to look forward to. What I want to know is what was said in the pits when you got back after Moto1? <laughs> Man, a lot, of, a lot of hugs and tears and I told you you can do it. <laughs> uh, and it was like, it was, it was cool. I never, I've never seen my dad cry in my life. And, uh, I turned around and I saw my dad crying. That was, that was probably the, the best feeling ever just to know that I finally made my dad proud. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's, he put a lot of effort into you and you were, yeah. you were exceeding his expectation. Like we talked in the pre, when everybody started calculating the season, nobody calculated that. Right. And for for all of us on the sidelines to be looking at this going, hey, we have a new player, guys. Check this out. And even with you may not have thought your performance was that great in, in Daytona, that it added a dimension. Okay. Right. Zach has to be calculated. Your, your number changed. And then you go out there and you run for the, for the fight for the lead or, and the win in Moto One and Gatorback. So that changed the equation again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and then you take 
guys like me that are on the sidelines that are looking at all the different riders and, and calculating what we think is going to happen and, and discussing it. And then the unfortunate for you to get hurt. I was really bummed because I'm seeing a Zach Decker fighting for a podium finish for the year, end of the year, you know, whether it be the two or three spot, you know, nothing, nothing against everybody. We know Joel's on the, the next planet, yeah. but <clears throat> you know, I, I, not to change the subject, but since Gatorback, Joel has been on a vengeance. Yeah. He's a different guy. Yeah. He's. I, yeah, he's an animal. He is not a human. Like it is, it is unreal how talented he is. Like, like, I mean, I get a seat every day too, and he's here training and, and riding. It's just, it's unreal how talented he really is. Like, you just sit there and watch him, and you're like, how? How does he go that fast? Where? Where does he make it on? Like, it's just. Unreal. Are you getting to go to any of the races, or are you spending most of your time at the facility? No, I actually went to. I didn't go to Texas because that was like the first uh, month after I was injured. But um, I actually went to Ironman and High Point um, and watched those guys. And I'm not going to go to Sunset, but I will be at the rest of them. I watched the video from Ironman, a couple different ones uh, that Rip It Up Films made. And there's one section. I don't even know where it is on the track, but they show him coming into view and he's on the throttle. You can see the roost coming off the tires and there's a right-hand turn. He drifts through the right-hand turn. He still has not lifted. And as he accelerates out of that turn, which is heading towards a left-hand sweeper, and he still has not lifted the whole time he's in yeah. camera, that machine is eating and, and it's throwing roost. Yeah. And all at all. Yeah. He didn't even, I mean, I would have at least flipped the throttle twice and he never shut off. I know. Uh, he's not worried about anything. Like it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, yeah. He I'm, has I'm, nothing to worry about. He has kids, a wife. I don't have nothing to worry about. And he's going way faster than us. Like it's, it's not. Dude, he's got to pay the bills. Yeah. Winning is paying yeah. the bills. Yeah. He wants it. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> you, you take the desire, which you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about because you're sitting there and you can't do you what you desire to do. So it's burning inside of you. That's what he feels every day, even though he gets to ride. Yeah. Yeah. Just to survive, to make your living. Exactly. So when you come back, you know, based on your conditioning and how fast they'll let you ride. Have they given you an indication when they're going to let you ride? Six months from when it happens. So that would be September. How long will it take? How long would it take you to get back in race shape? In Daytona shape. It's going to take a while. Like it'll take, from I mean I'll start in October. 
it'll take a little while, probably till January till I'm feeling back to like, all right, we can go hit a few races, but I do plan on uh, going to a few works races this year. So. All right. That's awesome. Coming out to the West coast. Yeah. You know, good, good training. Yeah. I mean, it's good training for you. Exactly. That's what I'm going to use it for. It's just training and getting better two hour races. So it uh, should get me in shape. I, yeah, I think that I don't think that this year conditioning or your program was subpar at all. I think it was right on where you need to be for your development and your speed, which I don't know what you did different from last year to this year. I really don't because hey, I wouldn't talk to you that much, but whatever it is, keep doing it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Change the. Quite a few things this year. So, and a uh, big thing was, was my, my nutrition and, and working out. So I'm using, How uh, much? go ahead, go ahead. Finish please. On the box nutrition, Brandon Hoag's, okay. uh, nutrition seems like it's uh, working pretty good for me. So how much of that, uh, with, with his program, has it, did it develop or or change your mental outlook on the game? Definitely a lot. Like when you know that you put in the work going into a race, your mental, like your mentality, your mentality of, of you just, you, you show up on the line and you're like, okay, I don't think any of these other guys worked as this worked this hard. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, that you did everything that you could do going into that race. And that's the biggest thing. So like, whether it's his training or, or me not cheating myself, whatever it is, but it's just a mixture of, I think a mixture of both of those. It's really helped, helped my mentality at least. How old are you again? 23? 19. <laughs> See what I know, right? So for a 19 year old kid from 18 to 19, the, the growth right there, is huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did anybody other than Brandon ha have anything to do with that? Did anybody say anything to you or insinuate something that caused you to just flip the switch and change your game? Um, mainly myself. Like I, I last year, I honestly like cheated myself more than I'd like to. And, uh, and I mean, that was just a straight, honest answer. Like I just cheated. And, uh, I mean, when you cheat, it just, you get the results and I got those results and, uh, not cheating and, and doing the right things and how I should be doing it, get better results. And I, I truly believe in that now after this year. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I just that I, I really, I really think that that says a lot because do you know how hard it is for people to look in the mirror and go, I'm the reason that this didn't happen instead of going, my bike sputtered or my tires were no good or, you know, this or that. Yeah. Not, not too many people do, but it's the difference between what reality. the difference to be between a possible champion to never becoming a champion. 
is that decision, the decision to put it on you. I'm the reason that I'm going to win or I'm the reason that I'm not going to win. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think that's truly what, I mean, that really is what it is. Um, I mean, look at, look at Joel. Everyone says, man, look at Joel's bike. Look at Joel's bike. It's not Joel's bike. You can put Joel on, you can put Joel on a dang stock 450, and I think he would still come in top three. Like he is that talented. Exactly. And your bike and your machine, I believe looking at what I see through the field, there are quality machines all the way back to freaking 17th place. Absolutely. I mean, all, all of our bikes are close to the same thing. Yep. Little differences in suspension and coming from a a background of being a, a guy that prepped race machines and, and that worked with champions, you don't hit the setup every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember the setup being off and the rider having the race of his life mm-hmm. going out and doing things on that bike that we both knew wasn't right. And him just destroying everybody. And then rolling out there on a perfect bike and the best he could get is third. Yeah. So yes, Joel's mental fortitude overcomes any deficiency in the machine. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at it this way. He's been putting on clinics, you know, if, if you're paying attention and you're watching him, he's teaching us all how to do it. Not me. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not going to go out there and ride anymore. So I'm talking about you guys. Why not? Um, because I break a little easier than you do. <laughs> and, and plus if I were to go out and try to ride a moto like you, um, I probably wouldn't be able to ride the second moto cause it would hurt too bad. And, um, I, I just don't think I could hold on that long. I train, trust me, but I'm not, no, I'm not in, there's no way I could ride like that. Uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen. I, I, I go test for, for 30 minutes and I'm like, yeah, I'm done for the day. I'm good. <laughs> One day you're going to get old too, you know? Yeah. I, I have a grand, yeah, I, at least I have a grandchild that's almost your age. Pardon? I said, you ever like get a quad out, you know, go to a practice track and go practice, take out a few laps? No, I never, the, A, the closest track to us is Glen Helen and it's two and a half hours away. Um, we can go down to the desert and ride. It's about an hour and 20 minutes away. Really great off-road course down there. But none of the machines, I built myself or was building myself a 450 and it was purchased before it was finished um, because everything has got a price. You know, and when somebody offers you uh, that dollar figure that you'll separate with, I'm okay, great. So I never, I never even got to ride the 450 when it was mine. That's funny. Uh, I got to build another one. Uh, I need a couple pieces, but I'm I'm working on it. I actually, I I don't know. Did you come from the hybrid? Did you ride a hybrid before you rode the? Yep, I did. Um, In the 250 class, or did you ride a hybrid uh, in the 450s? I was on. So I was on the. I don't know if you remember the, the JB small frames. Remember those? No. 
So I was on a JV small frame 250 in like 2018, 20, maybe, maybe earlier than that. And then I went over to the regular Walsh, you know, full size frames. Um, and I, man, I, I loved those bikes. And then I kept, I went with, when I went to pro-am and pro-sport, I was on the same thing, a uh, Walsh hybrid for a year. And then I went to Yamaha. And did you run a CRF motor in there? Oh yeah. Yep. I want to build a hybrid, but I want to use the 450 chassis. Okay. Um, the Yamaha chassis? No, I want to use the, I want to build a Honda. Okay. Use the Honda chassis. Yes. I would love to build one of those uh, YZ, YZ 450Fs in, in yeah. the, I'd love to build one of those just to see what it's like. Um, Gabe, Gabe's is for sale from what I'm hearing. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't know why he, he thought it was a great bike. Uh, so I don't know why he would be selling it, but uh, maybe it's another project or something that he wants to build. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, I'd love to build one of those as well, just to, just to get the feel of it and, and see what it's like. Um, and I want to use the stock chassis stuff because uh, I think that you have more consumers that want to buy that than are going to buy a Walsh, nothing against Walsh. He makes great stuff. Um, yeah. I just, well, I want to do it the other way, you know? Yeah. And there's some, some other things that have, have happened on the West coast that I learned about today that uh, I would probably try versus running um, the pump in the tank, things like that. Uh, just for the off-road division, off-road stuff that, that I would do um, on the West coast. Uh, I think if we built a desert machine and went and raced desert on one of them, with that much horsepower, with Doug Roll setting up the shocks, the Elkas, dude, we could we could build a machine that could run in the in the mid nineties, uh, easy. And you, in the four fifties, nobody's going to catch that. You're going to need a Raptor seven hundred to run those speeds. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think it's cool. Um, I also do. You, what spindles do you use? Just a stock LTR spindles. You just run the factory ones and the factory hubs. Yep. Oh wow! Uh, I figured that you would probably. I, isn't I it run easy LTR. to get aftermarket stuff. I run LTR, so Suzuki stuff. Right, right. But I was just kind of figured you'd run uh, um, aftermarket LTR knockoffs. No. No. Wow, that's that's. I see a lot of guys running the aftermarket stuff, so I just assumed. Um, not to give any tricks away. Do you like the, um, there's a couple different versions of the LTR front end and have you picked one of the, your own, or do you have one of the guys that you just ride their setup? Uh, I just ride Chad setup right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. Chad's a arms, but, um, I am testing new a arms once I, uh, get back to riding actually have a set of a arm sitting in the shop that I'm going to be testing. So that's always trying to improve, right? Always got to make it better. Yeah. always trying something. That's freaking awesome stuff right there. And, and in September, you're going to ride again. Any, any other uh, events that are going on in your life that, that are fan worthy? 
Man, I'm, I'm getting some golf lessons now. So I, if anyone knows me, I stink at some golf. I stink. I hit the grass more than I hit the ball. So, uh, yeah, I got a golf lesson today. Went to a, a, a PGA tour guy and yeah, he's basically said that I have no future in golf. So, <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh so hard, but I can't play golf either. I suck. Oh man. Any, any, anything that involves a ball, I suck at. Anything that has wheels and tires, let's go. I'm all for it. But ball sports, count me out. I totally understand that 100%, man. Um, I, well, I played football, and uh, I, I never played baseball, nothing like that, but I played football. I was not the guy that got to catch or throw. I was always the guy that got to block or tackle. So, Yep. Yep, uh, I tried football, wrestling. I tried golf now basketball none of it worked out but racing so i'm sticking with it <laughs> well if you if you continue with the golf it'll take you a while to master it or or get it to where it's funner um but you hit one good shot and that's the shot that brings you back the next time exactly exactly that's that's the problem i get one good shot my guy i got this again and flop I don't know. I think I just need to get old. You see a lot of these old guys out there at the golf course. I think that's the trick. Well, yeah, they hit the ball straight too. Yeah, they have they have like just all the patience in the world. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to go fast. I want to race the golf cart around the golf course. No, we want to set it up and we're building every golf course I've ever went to. I'm building the track as I'm driving around it and looking at all the man-made jumps or the rollers and, you know, how can we jump that sand trap? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like, dang, it would be sick if I just jumped this golf cart right here with the sand. <laughs> well, how about putting some TT tires on there and going out there and drifting on the wet grass? Yeah, there we go. See, you're going to have me want to buy a golf cart now. I'm going to be out there next week posting videos of my golf cart. Well, it would be really cool when you put a YFC 450R motor in the <laughs> golf cart. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I don't think they're going to let you at the at the at any of the courses with that, with that motor set up, though. No, I don't think so. That's, I don't think so. I am so happy that your recovery is coming along as well as it is. We're going to miss you for the rest of the year. Um, I'm really going to look forward to having a conversation with you as soon as you start riding again, so that I can see how you're feeling. Um, the area on your leg that you are having a problem with, will that affect you from riding? Do you think? Um, so it's on like the outer side of my leg. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think it'll bother me that much. Um, Especially when you got all that adrenaline stuff on, but I guess time will tell them that. Once they release you and once you get into doing that kind of physical work, then you'll know if it's going to be a problem or not. Yeah. Um, like right now, it still bothers me, like just walking sometimes and some dumb stuff. Um, but I guess like after physical therapy and I'm going to, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to ride like a jet ski or something like the next two months or month. Open. I, 
I just don't, I don't know. I don't want my whole summer gone without me being able to do nothing. So hopefully I can get on a jet ski here soon and I'll be able to tell them. You're not in a cast, are you? No, I'm actually, I'm, I'm good. I'm able to walk. That's pretty fast, isn't it? It is pretty fast. It was. That's what I, I mean, but I guess it's like new technology now. So. Well, they always say that getting you up and getting you moving faster is going to make you heal faster. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know that that, but that's that hump right there. You know what? The, the, the best thing about it is you, how much muscle do you think you lost? Two. I lost a lot. I think on both legs or just the one. Um, I think I lost muscle, honestly, everywhere in my body, but that leg definitely lost a pretty good amount by my knee, especially. Well, the fortunate thing, muscle memory, it'll come back pretty quick because you're also 19 years old and being 19, you're still basically indestructible. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what the, what the physical therapist said. So that's what I'm counting on. You know, you missed you miss uh, X amount of time working out at your age, and it doesn't affect you as much. I miss a week, and it takes three weeks to get back to where I was, if yeah. I can. Yeah, yeah, that stinks. Yeah, so and and muscle growth for me, I think at my age is not that bad. I mean, not as bad as I was told when I was younger. You know, I was told at 45, you start to atrophy and that you won't build muscle. Well, I'm 57 and I can build muscle. Yeah, that's good. And my brother's still thick. You know, I don't think he's ever been uh, small from his football days. So he's still pretty thick as well. He's going to be 60 this year. So, wow. I mean, it just... It may be genetics. It just may be the fact that we're still active. Um, But you are going to recover with muscle memory faster than you think. Yeah. I mean, that's. I'm hoping so. They always say like, they they say like, you know, it's good that you're young, you know, while you're still young, your muscles grow back fast and your bones heal fast. And so I'll be all good. What did you think about Chad getting a, a a gusset kit and then going back out and racing? Thought he was a nutcase, but hey, man, you gotta like you said earlier, you gotta pay the bills. So, I mean, if I was in that situation, I guess I would do the same thing. Well, if they would have told you three weeks after you broke your leg that oh yeah, you can go race, I would be out there racing. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, I mean. I've never physically broken my collarbone, but everybody that I've talked to, there's only one other guy that I know that's raced after a surgery like that, where they put um, a gusset on there to to help strengthen the collarbone. And supposedly that was Ryan Dungey. Wow. There might be other people, excuse me if I don't know who you are, but it's, I think that's ludicrous. But he's crazy, dude. That's what I said. I mean, for him to get second, the race he came back was, I was impressed. I mean, yeah, I was, I was impressed. He led part of Moto 2. I know. 
I don't think Joel, I don't think Joel saw him as a threat, you know? Yeah. I don't think Joel expected him to uh, be as fast as, or come back as strong as he was. No. Um, And the, the only difference is, is he's battled with Bryce Ford and Rastrelli in each of the races at one point or the other. Um, so that he, there is a little bit of speed that needs to be gained. And that's probably because even though he's back riding, he still had to lose something and he's still dealing with a recovering body. So it, at his age, it takes longer. Yeah. Yeah. You're still, a, you're only a couple years out of diapers. So, I mean, like I said, it, the healing process is so much faster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe he's even still racing too. like 40. I don't know really how old 46 years old. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. I thought he was 36. Sorry. My bad. I was 46. Yeah. 36, 38, but that's, that's wild. That's wild. He's almost 40. Bo Barron's going to be 42. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Uh, Eichner retired, um, I believe, at almost 50. Wow. You know, and he wasn't as dominant as he got, you know, past his early 40s, but still to race that long. Uh, that's incredible for the modern day machine that we're riding and what they're doing with what you guys are doing and learning about your body and, and how to take care of it and prolong your career. Yeah. I mean, you got a good guy, Brandon, Brandon, we didn't talk about this much. Brandon's a smart dude. Oh yeah. He's super smart. I talked to him about his program on his episode and he'll blow you away. He talked so far above my head. I had kept asking, dude, come back down to earth and talk to me in English and (laughs) and let's, let's move forward from there. I'm the exact, when he talks to me, I, you're not alone, man. You're not, there's a lot of other people that are the exact same way too. And he talks to me about that shit. I'm like, uh, can you elaborate? (laughs) (laughs) I like, I, I don't know what, why he's talking about some of the stuff, but yeah. you hand him a blank sheet of paper and say, Can you fill in the blanks, please? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I get it, dude. I get it. Well, hey, Zach, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to you know give us this update. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875.
If you're in need of a consultation for your current racing program, a custom ATV, or an industry guest speaker, I have the company for you. Duncan Technologies International Inc. offers host, MC, and guest speaking services at events, builds custom ATVs for recreational riding or racing around the world, and they offer consulting services for professional teams or individual racers. Send inquiries to duncantechinternational at gmail.com or call 619-716-1532 for more information. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, don't forget to share us with your family and friends. The podcast is available on all streaming platforms, and you can find us on social media as ATV Talk Podcast. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Rumble, and Twitter. 